Bellevue Residential College at the National University of Singapore. Each week during the semester, I'll be sharing some stories and tips as we explore the art of overcoming adversity, dancing with diversity in university and beyond. Let's dive into today's episode. Today's podcast episode is about dealing with our emotions around decision making. Now, today's world, I think it's a really exciting time. There are so many choices that we can have. Like if you are an undergraduate, you have so many choices of universities to choose from. Like during my time, I only have like two universities to choose from. And right now you have a lot more options in terms of jobs. You know, in the past, maybe there are conventional jobs that you will choose. Like um, the normal ones parents will steer you towards is being a doctor, being a lawyer. But in today's world, there are jobs that don't yet exist when you were born. I mean, when you were born, did you even have something called social media influencer? So because we all have a lot more opportunities and a lot more choices to make in life, sometimes it results in something called the tyranny of choice. So today's episode is really more about decisions that you can make to change the course of your life and handling emotions around it. But you might be thinking, oh, I don't have emotions around decision making because I'm really logical. That's true. I mean, many of us do have positive feelings like being excited when we have to make a decision. And it's true. Like emotions like being excited is a lot easier to process. But sometimes making decisions about our lives are not so easy or pleasant or even clear-cut. So this episode today is geared towards those times when you experience difficult emotions around your decision-making, such as confusion, fear, or regret. So I hope that you keep an open mind because you might be surprised that emotions play a greater role in your decision-making than you think. Now today's podcast episode is meant to tie in with this week's workplace readiness lesson, which gives you three different tools for participatory decision-making. One tool is called the star or dot voting. That's when you have a single criterion. Then you're also exposed to the two by two matrix when you have two criterions. Or you can also use a multi-criterion evaluation matrix when you have more complex processes. Now these tools that we introduce in class is used more when you have a large group of people and you need to combine all these different people's inputs to be able to form decisions. But I think it's also important for many of us to also think about the individual decisions that we make that may change the course of our own lives. So for today's episode, we are going to divide the decision-making process into two different parts before the decision is made and after. Now let's talk about the emotions we might feel before a decision is made. Like remember that emotions are caused by our thoughts about the decisions we have to make. So let's talk about two common emotions that normally arise during decision making. One, for example, you might feel confused. Right? So if your emotion is confusion, it could be your thought behind it is, I don't know what is the right decision to make. You might also feel fear. Right? You might be thinking, what will happen if I make the wrong choice? So here's the thing, I don't really think it's helpful to label 
whether some decisions we make in life are right or wrong. Especially when labeling something is wrong prevents us from making decisions. It might be more helpful to think that making a decision is already the right decision to take as opposed to making no decision. So remember the steer model, a situation S gives rise to thoughts T that triggers E, an emotion that influences E, execution of an action that will impact R, results. The steer model S-T-E-E-R. What this model shows is that in order for us to get results that we want in our lives, we first need to execute actions. But to execute actions, we first need to decide what actions we want to take. And if you're not deciding, then you're not taking any action, which in turn means that you can't get results that move you closer to your life goals. And maybe some of us think, oh, I don't have to take actions because sometimes things just happen. But although I'm a big believer in luck, I know that luck comes at her own sweet time. So I don't depend on luck. And I think it's so much better to be proactive and decide on the course of our own lives and make meaningful, intentional decisions. Now, executing what I have decided to do, I think, gives me a greater chance of achieving what I envision rather than relying on wishful thinking that my goals are going to be fulfilled without me doing anything. So if you have a bias towards action, decision-making is really a skill to practice and master, and it helps you get closer to the fulfillment of your own dreams and desires. Now, this is really like the gap analysis tool that we did last lesson. Like, what is the current state of your life and what is the ideal state that you desire? Now, what are some solutions to bridge the gap between your current and your ideal state in life? So, for example, if you are taking things at a personal level, where are you in your life right now? And where do you want to be in your life in the future? So, for example, maybe I think about the category of health, right? For example, I really have days where I think and I try to decide, should I run today or should I not? So, I imagine this future version of myself who is someone mobile and healthy. So, I run even though I don't feel like exercising at that particular moment. I don't make decisions from the place of my current self right now about how I feel right now, but I make decisions from the place of my future self. And that helps me to cut through all the confusion about what to do. I, I'm not going to be relying on luck to be mobile and healthy in the future. So I make decisions now about what is in my best interest to be able to get me closer to the future that I would like for myself. Now we're still in the period of COVID and there are so many people who are unemployed during this time and my heart really goes out to them. So there are some of these people who I talk to who are facing a lot of difficulties and part of the difficulties that they're facing is also thinking about what kind of industries they want to go into now that they have lost their job. I know it's a very difficult place to be about choosing where should I go in my life next. So I've seen both kinds of people who are jobless. They're those who make decisions about where they want to go next 
and they take action. But I also see those who are unemployed that they are stuck in a loop and they're wondering where should they go, what should they do next? And it's a question that they keep asking and asking, but there isn't much decisions being made about what actions to take next. And that's a very difficult place to be. Should I retrain myself to be in the data analytics field? Should I retrain myself to be a baker because I'm interested in baking? Should I retrain myself to be a nurse because healthcare industry, given our aging population, is the way forward? So I also see that some of these people are stuck in where they want to go next. And sometimes it is okay to just pick one. Like for example, maybe you make a gut feel like this is the industry that you want to go into and try it. Like it's so difficult to know whether it's really the right industry for you if we are from a place of thinking, is this the right industry? As opposed to trying it out, evaluating it and really sussing out if something is better or you want to stick to it. So making a decision is so much better than living in indecision and ending up not doing anything, but just relying on luck to lead the way. Sometimes it is decisions that really help you with forward momentum, even though I also agree that luck really plays a big role in how we move our lives forward. Next, it's about what are the emotions that we have after a decision is made. Now, some common emotions we experience after a decision is made, especially when that decision didn't lead to an outcome that we want. Some of these common emotions are going to be regret, fear, doubt, and all those really prickly kind of emotions. Like for example, we might start off feeling really proud of ourselves for making a decision that we can get behind. But then maybe we take small steps to execute that decision and then, oh boy, fear and doubt and all those other feelings will rush in. And we start second-guessing ourselves. Or when we get feedback that our decision is quote-unquote wrong, you feel really small and you keep getting into this loop of, did I make the right decision? So I just want to assure you that all these feelings are normal because the brain likes us doing the same things over and over again, making the same decisions over and over again. Why? Because doing what is familiar has kept us alive so far. All the wiring to make that particular decision is intact and the brain processes are very efficient. So why not keep doing it? Like doing something new, making a different decision in a new context, that's really going to feel threatening because our brains has to figure out new wiring in a completely different setting. So naturally, fears and doubts are going to rush in when you are trying something different. Your brain will tell you, oh, maybe you should have just stayed or, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And if you feel judged by other people for your decisions, know that it's also the same for them because your decision to try something new threw them into a new situation, which their brains have to handle too. So all around, everybody's brains are throwing a temper tantrum. It's very normal that there's going to be resistance when you make a different decision than you normally do, 
or you find yourself surrounded by different people who make new decisions or new processes, etc. But actually, nothing has gone wrong. Doing anything new, experiencing anything new, it's hard. It's just the brain freaking out because it's outside its comfort zone. It's not used to doing something new because it doesn't have experience to pull from the past. So again, maybe I'm doing a bit of brain blame, but it's just the brain throwing a tantrum. Resistance to something new is normal. If I were to give a workplace example, maybe you graduate from the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences and perhaps you did political science and after graduation you got a job in a civil service. And so many people applaud you for your decision thinking, oh, it's going to be a stable job and it's going to have a career progression that everybody understands. And then suddenly, after a few years, you decide you want to be an entrepreneur. So honestly, it's not just you who will be second-guessing yourself because you have to figure out something new. But it's also the people around you who might start questioning you and that may lead to you also second-guessing yourself. And all around, it's just going to be a new situation that you have to cope with and you get a lot of resistance. Again, this resistance is normal. Because it takes courage to execute our decisions. And especially when that decision didn't lead us to the outcome that we desired. You you might feel like big time regret after executing a decision that just didn't turn out the way that you envisioned. But you know what? It's okay. It's like this GPS system. You have a particular destination that you want to go to. uh, And it's a metaphor for where you want to go to in life. And maybe you made a decision and this decision gives you a different direction, a turn away from the destination that you want. So although sometimes we get into a lot of blaming of ourselves or regret or doubt and so on, but actually at the end of it, what we need to do is just to reorientate ourselves without beating ourselves up. I mean, when you're using like Google Maps or Garmin, your phone or GPS tracking device, it doesn't insult you when you take a different turn than what it recommended, right? Like for example, Google Maps didn't say, oh, you dumbo. I, in this system, I told you to turn left, but you turn right. So yeah, it didn't do anything like that. Google Maps will just recalculate from where you are and offer you another way to get to your destination. So same thing, if your decision didn't work out as you had hoped, from where you are, you can course correct and make another decision that moves you closer to where you want to go. You don't necessarily have to serve yourself a big heaping portion of regret too. It's not useful drowning in regret or doubt. It's just that you know you have to make a different decision next time and you learn. You look at the decision that you made, see how it turned out, evaluate the results, and do better next time. And although you might have some negative feelings around how your life turned out because of the decision that you made, you also know that you're only another decision away from being closer to the end goal that you want. 
And I really love this quote that is attributed to Nelson Mandela. He said that I never lose. I either win or learn. And that's the way I think about things too. Like if I get closer to what I want, then I win. But if I don't, if I get further away from what I want in life, then it's just a learning lesson for me. So either way, I either win or learn. I want to share a story about a friend of mine who I really, really admired in terms of how she navigated her life decisions and what she has gone through to be able to reach where she wants to be. So she's made many decisions that she could have regretted, but she kept moving forward, taking decisions after decisions, making actions after actions. So this friend of mine, she had a really great job in Boston, but she decided to move back to California because she wanted to be closer to her family. And at the time, she had like a great high-powered job. But when she went back to California, she couldn't find a job for a long time. And when she did find a job, it turned out to be quite a toxic environment. And that can be really depressing and demoralizing, like being unemployed after having such a good job back in Boston. Not only that, she was also single when she went back to California because she left a relationship that she had back in Boston. And the truth is, she really wanted to be a mom. And it's difficult, obviously, to be a mom when you are, at that point of time, single. So it's so easy for her to feel regret when things just didn't work out as how she imagined it. But what I love about her is that she keeps making decisions after decisions and she took action instead of just spinning around in regret. She decides to keep applying for jobs even after getting so many rejections. She keeps going on dates even though some were a disaster. So whenever she gets a result that she didn't appreciate in her life, she would always make another new decision that keeps her moving forward, taking actions, instead of staying in regret about leaving Boston. So decision after decision, one action after another. And today, I'm so happy for her because she has a job, she has a wonderful partner, and a really cute five-month-old baby. So it's not about whether she made the right decision, but she made sure that her decisions turn out to be the right one. She makes things work, decision by decision. So it's not just one decision itself that makes or breaks her life, but really her courage to keep taking actions, to keep making decisions that move her forward. That's the thing that makes or breaks her life. It's her courage. Think about ourselves as builders. Now, just like a house is built brick by brick, I think our lives are created decision by decision. And we have to own every brick, taking ownership over our decisions because we are the ones who are going to be living in that life that we built. And if you took somebody else's brick, somebody else's decision, you still have to live in that house anyway because you're the one who will face the consequences for taking somebody else's decision. And it might not even fit your configuration or your dream decor for this house that you built. So we might as well decide on our own bricks for the house of our dreams. Really as scary as it is, 
we do want to make our own decisions, even if we had to consult many people about what we should do. Now, it really can be very tempting sometimes to outsource your decision making because if someone else told us to do something and that didn't work, we think we can blame that person. But when we make our own decisions, we only have ourselves to blame. And we really want to avoid that feeling of regret. But I really think also that it's so crucial that we make decisions for ourselves so that we learn and we get to play a part in creating our own lives. So move on. Even if you make a decision that didn't lead to an outcome that you want, believe in yourself that you made the right decision with all that you knew at that point. And from when you are, if you're not where you want to be, try a new decision. Try something else. So I hope that you will always be looking forward with possibilities in the future instead of looking back with regret. Good luck, everyone. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star rating or a review. It helps us to increase our reach on iTunes so that more people know about what we do here at our VRC.